Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> My name is Kerry Jr. I'm with the Hi. So I just ambushed two people with my mic in a Best Buy parking lot. In my defense, it was a very cold Friday morning, so I'd been hiding in my car to keep warm. They were mildly startled, but they did eventually agree to answer some questions. I appreciate it. Thank you both so much. It should only take like two or three minutes. Um, can I start by getting your first and last names and spell them for me? Uh, Kayla, Stevie. Eric, uh, Nash. Consumers, on average, are expected to spend around 832 each for holiday gifts and winter celebrations, according to the National Retail Federation. It's down slightly from last year, but people are still shopping. So I wanted to know how Kayla, Eric, and others are preparing for all of this spending. Are, are there any budgeting habits that you have during holiday season for gift shopping? Do you mind sharing a little bit of your plan? Um... I was putting money away little by little throughout the uh, the months since like September because you know like being done before Black Friday is the best case scenario. Just watch my bank account and be, <laughs> try to be as careful as <laughs> Hope possible. For the best. Yeah. <laughs> this past year, inflation made shopping in general more expensive, so holiday discounts may seem like a relief. But purchasing that new discounted TV before checking your finances could cost you down the road. The Fed's only ability to slow down the economy, to cool things off, is to raise interest rates. Inflated prices on everyday goods and rising interest rates on credit cards could put shoppers in a financial bind heading into the new year. And when interest rates go up, so do the chances of a recession. You don't know if there will be a mild recession next year. You don't know if there'll be a worse recession. So you have to kind of play things a little bit um, more practical, perhaps. We're, we don't like to be in debt, so um, we're, type, we're the type of people that we pay off our credit cards. Honestly, I just have a number that I deal with every month, and you know, once I hit that number, that's time for me to stop. On this episode, we sit down with personal finance columnist Susan Tompor to discuss the financial pressures weighing on this year's holiday shopping season. And she gives us a few tips on how to prepare as we head into the new year. I'm your host, Carrie Jr. II, and this is On The Line. I'm Susan Tompor, and I write a personal finance column for the Detroit Free Press. In the holiday season, I'm typically writing about scams and holiday shopping as well. Excellent. And so, Susan, how are you approaching this holiday season from a financial perspective? In 2022, we've seen interest rates rise dramatically. The Federal Reserve's been raising rates, uh, raised rates six times in 2022 because of the high inflation. The Fed's only ability to slow down the economy, to cool things off, is to raise interest rates. The important point that I'm trying to get across to readers, if you open these store credit cards, you are looking at a rate of nearly 30%. They're variable rates, so there's going to be a floor, and every time the Federal Reserve raises rates, your rate will go up. So if you're looking at not paying down your debt, 
for some reason, maybe in the past, you figured, well, I'll just you know, uh, put it on the credit card and I'll pay it off in a few months. It's going to be harder to do this year than it has in the past because of these dramatic rise in interest rates. Most of us don't even care what the Federal Reserve does, but we do care when our mortgage rates go up, and we do care when home equity lines of credit go up, and we do care uh, when credit card rates and car loan rates go up, and that's what's been happening. The Fed still has an inflation fight ahead of it, so that's why uh, economists are expecting another hike in uh, December, in January, and in March. At least that's what they're saying right now. You really do want to be extra careful when it comes to borrowing this holiday season because you keep raising rates, you risk running into a recession. Isn't that what you've reported on, that there's a chance, uh, economists are saying that there's a chance there might be a, a mild recession next year? Can you speak to that? Yes, and I think that's another point to keep in mind when you're doing your holiday shopping. Uh, You don't know if there will be a mild recession next year. You don't know if there'll be a worse recession. Um, So you have to kind of play things a little bit um, more practical, perhaps. Uh, I'm not saying people shouldn't enjoy the holidays. If you think you're going to be in a financial situation where there might be layoffs in your industry or there might be some risks ahead, it's okay to be cautious. So you can always defer What are the chances we'll have a recession? Right now, the University of Michigan economists are uh, pretty confident we'll look at a mild recession. Um, So there will be uh, some slowdown. It's hard to say because this economy is totally different than anything we've seen before because of the pandemic, because of the supply chain disruptions, uh, because people are different. You know, we have a lot of uh, the the aging population. Boomers are leaving the workforce. So there's a lot of different things that are putting pressure on finding workers in the workforce. You know, we've got a labor shortage, so that's driving up wages, which, you know, can contribute to inflation. So uh, there's really a lot going on right now. What does a mild recession look like? Is there a way to describe that as compared to a you know more severe recession so that listeners won't hear the word recession and go, oh, my goodness. I think the worst one we can compare it to is 2008, 2009. That was a financial crisis, a financial collapse, a meltdown, where we saw large levels of unemployment. Um, It uh, it will uh, hurt, I guess, if you will, more people in a a large recession. In a mild recession, uh, the job losses could be smaller. So I think that's one way of looking at it. For families who are in preparation for this, you know, this mild a recession that's on the horizon, what should they be looking to do to ensure that they're in a good financial spot? I think it's important to have an emergency fund uh, all the mm-hmm. time. They talk about having uh, six months, but you know, if you have three months, five months, whatever you can have to cover their bills. And I think that's where you have to look at your holiday spending if you're going to be worried. So I think that's the important part, you know, have a little bit of extra money on the sidelines and figure out what you would do if there was an emergency situation, if you did start losing income and you did start losing money. What are some budgeting ideas or tips that might help shoppers who are trying to keep their dollars in their pockets this season and still have to go out Christmas shopping or or maybe throwing a Christmas party and, and have to budget that out as well? Do you have any tips for them? Yes, I do. I think there's a couple things that have changed or are a little bit different this year. You really want to make sure that you understand the return policies, which are getting a little bit tighter. Another thing that you want to think about is can you get a price adjustment? If you paid, say, uh, $70 for an item and it suddenly goes on sale, would you be able to get a price adjustment? There are stores that do offer adjustments within like a 14-day period. Um, I know I was able to get 
an extra $30 on a sweater that I bought. And I thought I had a good deal on that, but it got even better. And I called up and they adjusted it very quickly. You didn't even have to return the sweater. They just were able to do it on the phone. Some seasonal items you're not going to get an adjustment on or the adjustment period is shorter. So you do have to kind of watch out. Are you returning Christmas gifts, Susan? Sometimes I'll return something if it doesn't fit or I don't like it. I don't have a problem with it. And and I tell that to the people I give I give things to. I we sent something to to a nephew and I told the mom, if this is totally inappropriate and you don't like it, it's not wrapped, I said, take it back. That's true. This wasn't a Christmas gift. I, I gave a friend a, a birthday gift once. It was a couple books that we had talked about. It was a genre book we had discussed. She didn't want them, and I was I was hurt. But of course, <laughs> I told her if you want to take it back, you know, you she returned them and got other books. But I, I was I was that hurt my spirit a little bit. In my friend's defense, I'm not the best. I'm a I'm a terrible gift giver. So I'm just I'm working on that because I'm not trying to put her on blast <laughs> or anything like that. Just want to make sure I put that out there. What else should shoppers keep in mind? I've noticed when I was out um, in an outlet mall in the Chicago area, there was a huge sign that said how you could get that item now and pay for it later. And of course, with credit cards, that's what you're doing. But these are new programs where they say there's no interest. And what happens is your uh, payment is uh, divided into four. But you can get into pretty big trouble because there are late fees. And in some cases, if you don't read the fine print, well enough. All of these aren't interest-free. Some of these do have high interest rates as well. So you really want to make sure that you're going to budget that. But what people don't realize is they're trying to get your data as well as um, get you to buy. So there's two reasons why it might be a little easier to get. Some of the watchdogs have told me about those digital apps is they're tracking your spending. So if you go in and try to figure out, well, when is my next payment due? They're going to try to sell you something else. Another thing is you don't want to get ripped off, right? That is the biggest way to lose money, and I'm always writing about that. I'll never forget uh, a piece, I think it was last year or the year before, where someone agreed to meet somebody at the Troy Police Station uh, Hmm. for a gaming council. Sounds perfectly good, right? I'm going to be at the police station. How safe could that be? What if they go to find (laughs) the system? Uh, well, you know, they were buying it maybe on a Craigslist and okay. they were meeting the buyer and seller and the meeting was to be arranged at the police station outside. It's okay. often is suggested to do that because it seems safer. Well, guess uh, what? Yeah, I can imagine. After the break, we discuss shopping triggers, price trackers, plus Susan shares her personal holiday budgeting practices. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back talking with the Free Press's financial columnist, Susan Tom Poor, about a potentially looming recession and how to plan your finances while shopping for the holidays. Can you tell me a little bit about, I've seen in one of your stories, the term shopping triggers. And I don't know if that's a phrase you gave or, or what it is, but can you just talk about those shopping triggers? Yes, that's a term I use, but I think I also heard it from an advisor who advises people who have compulsive uh, shopping disorders. You know, mm. uh, if you're really 
um, a person who does like to shop and spend, there's certain things that might trigger you to spend more. Uh, one of the things that he had told me about a, year, a few years ago, um, this is when you would sign up for emails at the retail store. Mm-hmm. And um, the store would obviously send you a, their best deals, right? They'll they'll be alerting you. But they're going to flood your email box. And one of his suggestions was, if this is something that's causing you financial distress, Cut those emails off. Mm-hmm. Cancel. Don't get them. You don't really need them. Another trigger, um, you'll see this 50% off and then plus an extra 10% off today. Well, the problem is some of these list prices are ridiculously high and nobody pays them. So if you're um, getting something you know that was $200 for $100, um, is it really worth it? So you don't really know if it's the best deal unless you've been watching something for a long time. Mm-hmm. One of the resources that people are using if they shop online is something called camelcamelcamel.com. And that can help you trace a price over a year period of what something's been selling at on Amazon and online. So you want to kind of get a better handle of what things are selling for you. Oh, that's definitely helpful to know. Sometimes guilt is one of those triggers. Hmm. You know, you get into a fight with a friend over the year and then all of a sudden you got to flood them with gifts or you haven't seen somebody and you feel like, oh, I, I want them to know I still like them. Well, you know, you probably don't need to do that. You probably don't need to feel guilty. It's not going to fix the situation. You know, maybe going for a walk or arranging time together. Maybe to, someone suggested in one of my uh, columns to go to a Christmas tree lighting event. Go to something a lot of these light shows, we did that last year where we visited the zoo and Pine Knob. Some of those can get a little pricey, but you go in the car, you walk around, you see a bunch of lights. It's kind of fun. You can even do it in your neighborhood. So that's a little less pricey. Right. Mm-hmm. Share the experience. Uh, look for something a little less costly to do. And um, that's a better way to handle some things. And then there's some people that they suggest just getting off your list, put them on a different list. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> Do like the lunch per the lunch friend list, not the Christmas yeah. gift list. Right. Just, or, or, you know, it's like, man, we're not really that good of a friends anymore. Why are we fair. pretending? Oh, that's so fair. That's true. I think some people just got a word today. I want to say, I'm glad that you brought up this, this pricing, uh, skepticism around pricing. Because I've always kind of looked at this sale like, hmm, I'm still paying $70 for something on sale. I don't know if it really was this, you know, whatever the price originally was, but I wasn't watching, as you said, the prices throughout the year to know the difference. I'm wondering for you personally, Susan, you know, with this holiday season and everything, out of all the things we've talked about, kind of what are the things that you take with you when you do your budgeting for the new year when, you know, you know that there is potential for a recession on the horizon? I want to get into Susan's, you know, financial life, if, if I can a little bit, if you don't mind sharing with us. In general, we sort of keep an eye on how much we spend on certain gifts. You know, we try to keep it within a within a time frame. Uh, one thing I've learned over the years, and I don't do it as well, perhaps, as I often would, if you spot something and you think, oh, this is perfect for this person, sometimes that only adds to the bill. You don't want to keep adding and adding and adding. And so what I've done over the years, which is probably a little crazy, I had sent my friend a gift. She's out of town. I sent her a gift last year and I found the perfect gift for her a couple of weeks after I had already sent the gift. So I just bought it and I saved it and I sent it to her this year. I gave it to her for her birthday in October and she loved it. The one thing I am thinking about is heating bills. That is something that we are, you know, recognizing that that is going to go up. Mm. That's probably, you know, that's not disputable. That's that's going to be real. 
Um, so you do have to sort of think, well, okay, that's going to be a little bit higher. So how do gas prices fit into the budget? I don't think like grocery prices, restaurant prices, other types of prices are going to necessarily go down in 2023. Inflation might get more under control, but once prices stay high or get mm-hmm. high, that's there is a hard point for them to come back down. Um, if they come back down a lot, we're in a bad recession. That's interesting you say that, though, because we were talking about mild recession at the top of this conversation, and mild just sounds like, oh, okay. But if you mentioned that we don't expect those prices to go down too much, yet you know there is the, the concern around layoffs in certain sectors. That's unfortunate to have those layoffs and still have those high prices. Yes, exactly. I think that's a, a really good point. It's not the time to be... Uh, turning to credit or, you know, dipping too much into savings uh, if you really have a lot of uncertainty and you're going to have higher heating bills and you'll have some other things. Student loans, the payments won't resume in January. So that's a good thing for people mm-hmm. who have a lot of, of student loan debt. There's still that payment pause, but at some point it's going to resume. And, you know, you might actually want to start figuring out how you might want to make start making payments to start getting things down because right now the efforts to forgive student loan debt are stalled. And even if they do forgive some debt, it's not going to be likely be all of your debt. Well, Susan Tompor, is there anything I may have missed on this? Any other budgeting tips? I think it's just important to, you know, sit down and look at your bills and get a good idea of what you really have, like as a fixed cost. What are you typically paying for utilities? What are you paying for that mortgage? If you had an adjustable rate mortgage, is it going to be going up? So you have to look at some of your fixed costs and then look at things that you might be able to delay or not do and just say, well, I'll do that later, you know, when things seem a little bit more stable. But if you do have a, a college tuition loans that you need to pay or you have to pay college tuition now, look at, at some of the things you have to pay right now and look at places where you can cut back. Susan, thank you so much for giving us this information. I know we got it for our listeners, but I definitely felt like it was a bit of a uh, lesson for myself as well. Oh, I appreciate you, Carrie. Thank you so much. This episode was produced by me, Robin Jan, and Darcy Moran. Angela Delgado and Marianne Struman are our executive producers, and Peter Batia is our editor. The music for the show is called Fort Trumbull. It was produced by DJ Lost Boy. Thanks for listening. And if you like the show, leave a rating and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with your friends and family. All right. We'll see you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.